0: One of the other guys was talking to the sheriff, or one of the deputies, not the sheriff, and um, it happened to mention the area or whatnot. And the deputy said, "Like, yeah, you know, we don't, we don't go out there. Um, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna respond out there at all for anything." And the guy's like, "Oh, well, you know, like, why not?" And he's like, "Well, because you guys can shoot further than us, right? Like, we see what you guys are doing, and we can't do that."
1: And That's so like, based. I love it.
0: <laughs> I know, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so like it works, right?
1: Um. Hey guys, this is the Hard Time Men Podcast, turning up a better class of man. And today we're joined by our guest, Chris from the Granite Rifle Group. We're going to be talking about him, his company, how it came to be, was his uh, mission, what his goals are, and uh, a special program that he is piloting and you know, hopefully we will be pushing the community that much further. So Chris, thanks for coming on the show, man. We're really glad to have you here and uh, excited for the conversation today. So do you want to introduce yourself, uh, kind of go over uh, how you got started, what your background is, and and where you're going?
0: Sure, man. Thanks for having me on. This is pretty rad. I really like you guys' podcast. Uh, I've listened to like probably seven or eight like episodes straight through without skipping around. Um, they're they're really really good. Thank you. Um, I, I I gotta say though, your your episode on rucking was like freaking spot on, it was <laughs> perfect.
1: Um, I don't know why that one picked up because no one likes to actually ruck. I hate it. So be it. Well,
0: it's because everybody's rucking <laughs> wrong. That's why because most people unless they have like you know legitimate rucking experience they just shove a bunch of crap in a pack and like they don't even, they don't cinch it down they don't load the pack right and then they just go wandering off into the woods yeah. and i wonder why their life sucks because you know they got this big loosey-goosey um so on a on a quick tangent here um have you guys seen it's an old video um it's probably on youtube it's called a. Uh, like the Whip Snake, um, like the Whip Snake Six Thousand or something like that. It, it obviously not right now. Go watch it. It's it's hilarious. It's a satire video about this guy. Uh, he's like this uh, expert backpacker who designs his own backpack, uh, but it's like thirty feet tall. Oh my god! And goodness. it just like wobbles around, and it's called the Whip Snake. And uh, <laughs> he just like goes around in the desert hiking in a speedo, and uh, this giant thirty foot tall backpack with like a water jug hanging by like a piece of rope on it it's, it's hilarious so that's a good way to enter things here
1: yeah right <laughs> yeah I was gonna say not the worst I've seen when <laughs> when we were in basic I saw a kid try to mount his rucksack like the frame on upside down and backwards and somehow he got it stable oh God. and he was just yeah hating life deservedly but
0: Up, upside yeah. down and back nice nice yeah that's funny that's funny. yeah we get some anyway so you had to get slightly stuff. back on track here yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: yeah so how did you get your start what, what did why what did this uh how'd this come to be
0: well at the, the the earliest earliest stages um I kind of fell in love with with rifles specifically at a very young age uh, because I wasn't allowed to, to like play with them I wasn't allowed to see them right like we had a bunch of 22s. And um, they were always like, oh, they're dangerous, you know. Like, I always wanted to go shooting, and, you know, we were always busy or whatnot. We did, we did go shooting, um, but it was never, like, a regular thing. It wasn't, like, a, a big family-to-do thing. Um, it was mainly just my dad and my brother and myself, me being the youngest, obviously. Right. <clears throat> and um, so that kind of drew, like, a, a fascination with them. And then, um, before, before joining the Marine Corps in like 2011, uh, I bought like my first, um, like a rifle, I guess. And strangely enough, it was actually, High Point was actually kind of pioneering where they had their, their pistol caliber carbine. Um, is the High Point 995 TS, right? Um, I still see my gun shows once in a while. They are, oh, just cringe to the max, man. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But, uh, like, I bought that gun, and I thought it was, like, so cool. Like, that was a tax return gun, right? Um, I thought it was so cool. And, um, you know, back then, they didn't have pistol caliber carbines, and nobody had a cleaning kit for it. So, it was just, like, dirty as crap all the time. I didn't, you know, I didn't lube it at all. I didn't know what lube was, right? Um, Naturally, yeah. It was just, it was bad, man. It was really bad. But, anyways... Ended up joining the Marine Corps uh, in 2012, um, not as anything cool. I was I was an electrician, and um, did uh, five and a half, six years in the Marine Corps, uh, actually as a reservist. So I'm like super pogue, right? The pogue is to the pogue, um, and uh, and that's when I like really discovered like my love for guns, and which was equally frustrating because being a uh, poker service you don't get too much experience with guns they give you like just enough to like really tease you about it um which i think is is, retrospect is a good thing uh because the marine corps likes to ruin everything that you love like oh you like hikes guess what you know we're gonna ruin that forever um you like camping outside we're gonna ruin it forever you know so you know same thing even with like uh, machine guns like oh machine guns are cool guess what you know here's the here's a toothbrush and 12 hours of scrubbing a 50 cal like you're gonna really love machine guns after this so um uh so i'm kind of glad that you know uh, that i didn't have a really heavy um weapons-based mos and whatnot uh, but anyway so i got out uh, i was um did a lot of armed security um, I naturally went into a wanted to, to do more of that. so I went into a, a firearms training realm um, and I had my own company uh, for a little while. Uh, just doing some some basic uh, what we'll call like combative pistol or a rifle and shotgun. Um, you know nothing nothing crazy but it was just like a practical like here, here's a rifle, you know. We got three hundred rounds. Let's actually like run and gun, not just not just like stand on a flat range and shoot a paper. You know, do that to start, but then you would um, at the end of it, it was you know sprinting across ranges and different mm-hmm. firing ports and stuff like that. And nice, yeah, it was it was pretty decent because you know this. see, when was this? This was twenty like uh, fourteen, twenty fifteen, something like that. Um, and there was kind of like this, like. The culture was starting to grow a little bit, but there was still still this very much like, oh, I took a CCW class. We didn't move at all. We just stood there and shot a paper. Like, I'm a gunfighter. And you're like, no, no, you're not. Um, you know, like, let's, let's, let's fit you with armor and, uh, you know, water. That's something, you know, being down here in the Arizona desert. You know, water is massively huge. Um, you know, water, armor, ammo. Okay, now let's go sprint. And uh, you're like, oh my god, this really sucks. Um, <laughs> like I'm dying when I'm done sprinting. I can't shoot, right? So it's a totally like different mentality than what most people were doing. Um, not that you know other like legitimate companies like Haley Strategic, right? I, they do a lot of that. Um, they obviously know what they're doing. But on the the cheaper end of the of the training schedule, um, I didn't see too many people doing that. It was all staying at 50 yards. You know, here's your paper target. Mm-hmm you know up three rounds reload two rounds down you know pretty basic stuff uh so uh, after that at at the same time i didn't realize that i was building my first bolt gun uh, but i was it was a it was a a savage access and 308 um i i bought it from walmart uh and i nice uh, yeah i know right that just clutch man um so uh, I, I bought like a it was like a Vortex Crossfire two I think um, four to twelve and I bought the wrong rings for it on Amazon. Mm. They were just like some crap little pop metal rings, and mm. I just stuck those on there. And then like the I didn't I didn't realize the numbers I was looking at on uh, on the packaging for the rings. I was like 30 millimeter slash one inch. I'm like okay, and then I like pull out the, the measuring tape and I look at it and I'm like, okay, 30 millimeters and one inch is pretty close. Like, I guess that means it'll fit a 30 millimeter to a one inch. Uh, so, <laughs> so what did I do? I crammed that scope down into the rings and then just like cinched it down. And I was like, all right, let's go shoot. Make it and, stop. Um, <clears throat> so that was, that was my first, uh, we'll call serious bolt gun. Uh, and obviously it wasn't very serious. Um, so, there was, there was a very long, painful journey to like from that point to when I finally bought a fat wrench and I bought good rings and I torqued it down properly. And then all of a sudden, my group shrunk from three inches to three quarters of an inch. And I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me, man. Like, that was it. Yep. And uh, so, a lot of those really big, like, duh moments um, that I'm trying to like save people from now. Um, so. You know, fast forward a couple years. Uh, shot my first rifle match. My eyes were opened to the possibilities of, like, what rifle shooting could be. It was out here at the uh, the Arizona Long Range PRS match. Uh, it's in North North Phoenix. Fantastic match. Highly suggest anybody in, in uh, the Phoenix area to come shoot it. Um, I'll be there. You'll see me in my, my hat and my shirt. can't miss me. Giant ogre looking dude. Um, and, uh, So anyways, uh, my, you know, my eyes were opened to the world of shooting and whatnot and, uh, lots of trying out different rifles and, and whatnot. Um, so, you know, like I was saying a little bit earlier, you know, finally, finally decided that, you know, I wanted to start building bolt guns. Um, I just kind of like had a fascination with them. There's still like, to me, there's an intimacy with the bolt action rifle that there isn't with an AR, um. Like, uh, like an AR, you know, definitely has its own place. I do like shooting carbines. Um, but there's something different about, like, mag dumping into trash versus, you know, like spending, spending time behind a scoped rifle and, like, really knowing that gun inside and out and kind of plugging into your environment and, uh, and like, being able to, to block out all the little stuff. Uh, and life and focus on the little things right there that's in front of you, like your wind, you know, uh, your conditions, you know, your body position, stuff like that. And, and focus on that stuff is significantly better, in my opinion, than making up in the trash, uh, which is still fun. Don't get me wrong. I still do it from time to time. Um, but it's more just a giggle for 10 seconds. Then I'm done. So,
1: well, it's the intentionality, right? Mm-hmm. You know all so going through all your fundamentals of shooting, but then after, you know, you, you know, after the round is fired, after you have your follow through, then you have to physically, you know, extract that round and, you know, drive another one home. Like you said, it's a very, very intimate thing, you know, and at least my time yep. behind a bolt gun, it's just uh, it feels like an extension of your arm as opposed to, you know, an mm-hmm. AR, which is a very intuitive, very useful tool, Right. You know, I love the ARs I've built. I've love the ARs that I've used. But um, you know, like you said, it's a very um I don't know, it's just like a more natural feel, you know?
0: I think so. I think so. Um you know and and again, you know, like I I have I got my arrow right here. Um it's it's not like I'm against ARs or anything like that. It's um it's just like to me like a an AR is more of like a machine uh in, in yeah. kind of the same way that a machine gun is a machine uh, versus mm-hmm. a bolt gun is uh has more like character to it um i don't i want to say it's a thing but i guess for lack of a better term it's a thing not a machine but that's just it's kind you know, of like
1: a opinion. i don't know the kind of the emotional attachment that you know especially americans have with be you know, with their bolt guns, it's a it's a mm. legacy item. You know, it's a heritage mm-hmm. thing. Yeah,
0: that could be. Um, and especially now, you know, getting to put them together is uh, you know, they, they have their own quirks, no two rifles the same, which, I mean, we know that, but at the same time of like, like even, you know, the guns that I build are, are extremely repeatable. It's not it's not like I'm hand, you know, my hand building them, but not hand-building to the stream of, like, some, like, a legit um, gunsmith does, where, you know, I'm not, I'm not turning barrels, I'm not turning mm-hmm. actions or anything like that, where, you know, I get to put my own fingerprint on them. Um, that would be something really neat, but that, that drives the cost way up, and I do not have that skill set, so therefore I'm not I'm not going to try. Um, but even, you know, even production arcs and stuff like that, they're, they still have their own quirks, they still have their own, you know, as, as the sample size grows, you start to see these little things in between that do kind of give the, the rifles their own kind of characteristic. Um, and it's something that I, I greatly enjoy about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, the rifle that I carried in Afghanistan, the buttstock would turn all the way around. It was really cool. Cool quirks. Sorry, do
0: Sorry, what?
1: I said the, the rifle I carried in Afghanistan it had this cool thing where the buttstock would turn all the way over. Oh. Yeah, not not really useful or probably safe, but
0: No no no. It's like uh it's like the old Russian AKs where you can like adjust the uh your cheek comb height, you can like spin it around or whatever. It's like the same deal. (laughs) You're like, oh, you're trying to pass the game with nods? Here, just spin your buttstock up so you have like, you know, you're way above the rifle. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Get a rise on it. Goodness sakes. Oh man.
0: Yeah, it probably shouldn't do that. If you're listening and your rifle does that, it shouldn't do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, full disclaimer. Hard Time Sharman does not endorse your buttstock turning over on its own.
2: <laughs> Get help. Oh God. oh, God. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, so that was your... Batsmith. Oh, go yeah, for it. Six. I was going to say, uh, that's that's a little bit about you, but uh, tell us a little bit about the Granite Rifle group. Like, uh, What do you guys actually do What's your mission statement?
0: Hmm, so a mission statement. <clears throat> a mission statement would be I, I haven't written one down yet, uh, but it's I'm gonna I'm gonna pull one off, off the top of my head here. That's gonna be that's going to be. Sorry, I had a stroke there for a second. Um, to arm the everyday American with the precision tools necessary to extend the range of the Second Amendment to a practical, safe distance. I like it. By safe, I mean dangerous.
2: <laughs> and there's the the shameless plug for Fry the Brain. Yeah. <laughs> Strangely.
1: Needless enough, to say, I we love right what you're here. doing. <laughs> yes. We love what you're doing. Uh,
2: Do granted, more am,
1: of it.
0: I'm not very far into it, but it is a fantastic book. If you have not read Fry the Brain, read Fry <laughs> the Brain.
1: Read Fry the Brain. <laughs> shameless plug. Be ashamed if yeah, you haven't read it yet. No. You know, and in our talks, just, you know, we've DM'd back and forth for, you know, a couple of months mm-hmm. now on, yeah. on IG, but, um, I, you know, I love what you're doing. You know, like you said, you are lowering the barrier to entry into long range, beyond, far beyond what people, you know, even consider just mm-hmm. in this, you know, in this, in, in the tactical industry, in the second amendment community, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, guys that are into shooting or getting into shooting, they don't consider anything past hundred, 200 meters yeah you know it's beyond their capability they just mm-hmm. it's just like it's completely outside of their outside of their scope they don't even consider it so mm-hmm. to lower that barrier um to you know provide you know that rifle word all right you don't know where to start you know that you need a good bolt gun here you go you know that's that's pretty freaking yep. cool
0: yeah no uh <sighs> I, I do see that the culture is changing a little bit. Even just in my group of friends, um, you know, my my random internet friends uh, that may or may not be feds, um, They, the, the theory is changing, right? Um, the bulk guns have become sexy enough to where, you know, just like how the tactical AR became sexy, bulk guns are coming into that light, um, which is very conveniently... Uh, timed for me but at the same time you know it used to be it used to be like anybody that can shoot a thousand yards was like a master right They're like oh my gosh that guy man he's like a world-class shooter right and now it's like yeah dude like i, I shot a thousand yards with my 308 uh it's got a 20 inch barrel on it um i i've used factory ammo like it's and you know yes i do have more time behind bolt guns than most people do However, it's not hard. Like it's really, really not that hard. Um, and I see, a, I see the the tides changing on that, uh, especially with help from, um, you know, the uh, the skinny speed shooter, uh, Luke, Lucas Bakken. Uh, he, you know, he recently got into long range and stuff like that. Um, so you know, whether you like him or don't you know, that's still tons of eyes on it. And there's tons of eyes looking at that going, you know, like, oh man, that's pretty cool. Um, my, my one problem is that he always buys, granted he makes a bunch of money so he can do that. No problem. But he buys like the nicest Gucci stuff. And you know, so like people might look into it and then like look at that stuff and see like, Oh, they see in the comments that he's shooting like a, um, I don't know. He's shooting a, um, uh, not AICS, Accuracy International um, rifle or something like that, which I don't know if he actually is or what. Then they go and look that up they're like, oh my gosh, that thing's so expensive, right? And then there's, there's right. that barrier of entry, right? Bang, right there in front of their face. And now they kind of discount the idea of it. Um, so hopefully, somewhere along that Google search, they find me. Um, okay. Or we can provide a. It may not be as nice of a rifle as that because those are very, very nice rifles. However, that rifle is, like, massive overkill for most people. Yeah. Um, I would say that it's massive overkill for Lucas, right? He's just getting into the sport. Um, and again, granted, the, the money issue isn't really there for him, so why not buy the best thing, right? I get it. Um, I would probably do the same thing. But for most people, you know, like the rifles I build and stuff like that, they're going to be massively more um, accurate than anything that they've ever shot. Uh, they're going to be able to shoot way further and way more accurately than anything they've ever uh, been able to do before and uh, you can do it for significantly less money than than some of the other stuff they're going to find on the internet Um, you know their rifles aren't featured in the call of duty like some of the the accuracy internationals are Um, but they're still there um there's still there's still plenty of capability And the the light is shifting into that area, um, which is, again, very convenient timing for me.
1: Yeah, well, I think with, you know, with your rifles and just like, you know, anybody's just, you know, AR, they either bought or uh, built, you know, it takes a long, long time for your capability to grow to where you've outgrown a rifle it takes a long time and most people aren't going to, you know, get the rounds behind their rifle to, to reach that point. You know, not saying all, but you know, it's, it's going to be a very small fraction. So, Mm -hmm. you know, to just, you know, provide that percentage of people, like you said, with a rifle, that's going to immediately uh, give them, you know, that capability. You obviously you need to put in the work for, you know your fundamentals and you know just working on your skill set but mm-hmm. having a tool that is capable of that is you know a huge asset
0: yep i mean even thinking back to like um you know learning rifle rifle fundamentals in the marine corps and stuff like that which is really like my my very first onset of uh you know formal rifle training or fundamental training really in any uh fact there and you know, like my M16A4, like how, how accurate was it? I don't know. I don't know how accurate that gun was. Um, we are shooting, you know, like 62 grain, whatever, Lake City ammo, that you know, the green tip stuff. Um, and, I mean, it shot okay. You know, what, what is acceptable accuracy for your uh, infantryman? You know, what is it? I, I don't know what that is. Um, it's probably not that accurate right i mean if you like the doctrine of why we switched to a 223 uh caliber 556 whatever um <clears throat> over you know the 308 battle rifles and whatnot was for you know suppressing fire um you know we could suppress way more right that's not accuracy if you happen to hit the guy in the face while you do it cool but no um, that wasn't the intent so how accuracy how by volume that? exactly um so, you know, I, I I would really like to, you know, get it behind another A4 and, like, really shoot it and kind of see how it does. It's probably going to suck.
2: Maximum effective range of the A4 is 550 <laughs> meters, just so you know. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Not that anybody, were, like, really take. it You should it be ashamed that, that you had to look that up. I, well, when was the last yeah. time you ever handled an M16A4? For me, never. Uh, well, actually. I was going to say I never have, but you should know it. it.
0: Technically, right. they said it was in. They said it was an A th- uh, an A four, but it was more of like an A three. It had the plastic handguards on it. And it yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it did have the Picatinny rail on the upper receiver, so I was like, all right, A three and a half. Um, <laughs> but you know, a lot of a lot of nostalgic, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't anything like, oh man, I should get this. This thing is gonna like it's gonna run. You know, like my my arrow over here I'd probably outshoot that thing, and you know, way way more than. Uh, and it wasn't even an FN one. My my issued one was an FN. That one was like a it was a Colt, and it had a bunch of different I don't know somebody. It wasn't legit. They just kind of threw it together. Uh, but anyway, enough about that. Um, so getting back to the 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 question of you know pushing limits for people, you know if if you treat a your hunting rifle correctly, it's probably going to shoot pretty good for you. Um, I would I would say to start, feed a good ammo. Um, not necessarily your hunting ammo. Some some hunting ammo is really good. I've heard people say that a lot. Typically, I found that most hunting ammo that you're going to put in your uh, your you know bolt action Walmart gun is not going to perform very well. You need to put some good ammo in it. Um, that your fundamentals obviously need to be there. Um, good body position, breath control, good trigger squeeze, um, press, whatever, um, break a clean shot, good follow through. Uh, and if you have, you know, if you can keep it on the bench and you can watch your impact, that's massively important. Um, you know, and most, most people are just not going to do that. Like I said, it's really not that hard. You do those, like those four things, plug the, the correct things into your shooting equation, And you're going to do pretty good. Um, What is pretty good? I don't know. I think it also depends highly upon uh, your environment, right? If you like out here in the West, we have massively wide open valleys. And I mean, you can see for 20 miles or so. I don't know about 20 miles, but right. I mean, there's no shortage of shooting space uh, versus somewhere back East, North Carolina or something like that. You can't see a hundred yards. So you know what is ac- you know what is good enough accuracy for that? Um, significantly less, in my opinion.
1: Right. Well, and uh, and just proper maintenance too. Yeah. You know, take care, clean your yeah. rifle. No, and I I run pretty much solvent, all you know oh, to the ahead. manufacturer specs. Everything. A lot of work. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I just use uh, clean engine oil like everyone's got some in the garage uh, some 540 That's fair. or whatever it is um, I just started using like white lithium grease too that works pretty good um, I kind of do like a combo between the two but you do those and, uh, and it, it works quite well
2: okay, you're, not, you're awesome. not the first person who's told me to use motor oil to lube the gun if it works it yep. works
0: and it, it's dirt cheap too you know, in yeah. comparison to like, oh my frog loop, like, okay, how much is that? You yeah. know, I get, I get <laughs> for the same price, I'm yeah. getting five quarts of it. Well, like, and being able always... to source
1: it too, wherever yeah. you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could even probably pull some dirty engine oil off your dipstick and stick it on your bulk area group, and you'll probably be okay. I mean, if there's chunks in that, then you're probably not going to have a car for too much longer. So um,
1: then you have other problems, yeah, yeah. bigger problems, yeah, exactly. Goodness. So, what are your goals for for Grant Rifle Group? Where do you see yourself in five years? What do you want this to What do you want this to grow to? Uh,
0: so kind of the kind of the crazy. Obviously, I'd like to open my own shop. Um, Open my own shop. Have a kind of a customized experience for people to come in and have a uh, you know dedicated staff member not so much like a salesperson, but like a, uh, build rep. Uh, hmm, let's see here.
1: a like ambassador, yeah. like a rep or, yeah, mm-hmm. partner.
0: You know, somebody to, to ask them, you know, ask them the questions. Okay. What kind of shooting are you looking to do? Uh, are you doing target shooting? Are you doing hunting? Uh, how far do you plan on shooting? Right. kind of answer these kind of key questions and then um, plan out and, and kind of, you know, build a, build a rifle on a spec sheet from there. Uh and then, you know, submit it and then probably a day or two later come back and pick up your rifle. Um and have it, you know, assembled, tested. Um, come with a uh approved group. Like, hey look, we put premium ammo through this thing, uh, in, you know, a good solid position with a good clean trigger press and it's shooting half a minute. You know, this is what it can do. Um Right now, I guarantee three quarter men out of my rifles uh, with again premium ammo and uh, a solid shooting position um, and a good trigger press. Um, if if you know and I test everything before it leaves the shop here, so if it's something's not right, then you know I'm I'm gonna fix it here before it gets to you because and of course you need to get an email. Hey, something's not quite right. I gotta fix it. Sorry for the delay, um, but again, I want you to have a a quality product that's gonna work for you. Um, and also, you know, that when it does get to the customer and they go to shoot it um, and it's going off the place, like, okay, maybe you should take a look at your shooting position. You know, maybe, maybe it's not the rifle's fault. <laughs> um, maybe you have a lot to learn. Um, that could be, yeah. uh, you know, I also do some, uh, some tutoring lessons and whatnot for people uh, in my area. And uh, you know, the one guy that I took out, I I shot the rifle before him and put a a good decent five shot group down. Um and I was looking at him like, ah, you know, like probably use that could be tighter for sure. Um I wasn't too happy with it. And then it was probably like right at a minute, right? It could definitely could have been better. Um but then the customer gets down and he shoots it and he's shooting like a two minute group. And I was like, ooh, okay, yeah, definitely not what I would consider good. Uh, then he like jumps up all excited and like we go down to the target and he's like man that's the most accurate thing I've ever done in my life like I can't believe I just shot that and I was like oh yeah cool dude like uh, you know power to you uh, and so he was really happy and when I just it's kind of funny you know your difference in uh, yeah standards if you will um, right yeah. so but again you know if it's if I can prove that it's doing one thing and then you get it and you're shooting it not so good then um, you might want to, you know, I also have a, uh, what's it called? A, uh, a resource sheet that has kind of some pointers on it and, uh, video resources and stuff on YouTube of like, Hey, uh, watch these videos. You know, they, these guys really, um, you know, they really know what they're doing and they can really, you know, help you out. Just do what they do in the video and you're probably going to shoot better. Uh, so it kind of hand them that as well. And, and hopefully... You know, again, like, it's not just about making money. Like, obviously, I want to make money. But at the same time, you know, with that mission statement, like, the, the end goal here is a is a more dangerous populace. That's what I'm after. Awesome. Yeah, not for me, for myself. Awesome. Son, so, for right. For my children.
2: And I mean.
1: Yeah, a legacy. Yeah.
2: And with, with that in mind, too, with community and even, like, just your mission statement, Tell us about your program that you're mm-hmm. you're working on right now.
0: Yeah, so the long range ambassadors. This is the first, um, we'll say, a formal announcement of the group. Like the Instagram page uh, exists, uh, but this is the first time I'm actually talking about it. Breaking news. Uh, so the yes, breaking news. Stop what you're doing. Pull up Instagram right now. No, uh, so uh, sure you're Jesus. do it <laughs> oh my god I didn't catch that I broke up yeah
1: sorry I said um I said kill your local setter.
2: <laughs> oh my god you don't
1: necessarily it's okay to I'll be this. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't have to necessarily kill them but you could definitely scare them
1: no sorry, sorry. for sorry for interrupting please uh oh no, no you're fine you're please fine. talk about your program
0: so, yeah, so the, the program, that I actually do have stuff written down on it for. Um, so I, I kind of, I authored this little paper. Uh, it's very short. I'm a Marine. I can't, I can't write too much without rocks and chisels. Um, so uh, <laughs> the end goal of the program, right, the, the long-range ambassadors, um, the end goal right here, uh, to have a vast majority of American Of the American populace to be armed with the tools, skills, and experience to engage targets at 700 yards with a 75% hit hit ratio. Um, Which may sound very audacious to most people, but when you're, like, you go into the the long-range competition scene, and, like, that's standard practice. Um, Like, if you can't do that, then something's messed up, or you're messed up, or... You know, something of the sort. Um, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's extremely doable. Again, especially with the right tools. Um, Fundamental. mm -hmm. Yeah, fundamentals. It's just, again, that, that, this, not so much the, the, um, not the, the price barrier so much plays into that, other than, uh, being able to spend time on the gun and actually shoot it, right? Like, if you're shooting super expensive ammo, then, you know, price does come back into the equation of, you know, oh, shooting 200 rounds of uh, 338 Lapua is kind of expensive, you know, that's like my whole check just an ammo. Um, Goodness. Versus, like, 308, you know, you could do that all day long. Or 223, right? Well, match grade 223 is actually kind of expensive. I'd say, I'd say match grade 308 is probably just as cost effective as two two three is, but I think you're getting a better cartridge, but that's, you know, someone's going to fight me in the comments, but, um, whatever, man, I'm on the podcast. You're not. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Send it. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm kidding. Um, but anyway, so, uh, you know, defeating some of the stigmas, right? Um, uh, the defeat of the long gunner myth or that you have to be extremely skilled to use a precision rifle must be stripped to invite the general public into the realm of long range precision shooting all right, like I was saying earlier about you know um, when I was younger my sister and brother-in-law they bought a Ruger precision rifle and I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world which those are still pretty cool guns uh, I'm not I'm not bagging on them at all and uh, like they told me, they're like man we shot a uh, we sh- we shot a target at a thousand yards and I was like my mind was blown I was like oh my gosh man you guys did it like that's amazing and then uh, I went back to see them you know sig- significantly uh, longer and or significant amount of time had passed and was uh, you know like taking a look at their rifle and like they had no idea how to set this thing up it was just like slapped together and uh, like the scope was set so far back that I couldn't even get behind the rifle without the scope like smashing me in the eyeball. Not just like, oh, your scope, I mean, your eye box is a little messed up. Like it was like literally, I had to like pull my head into my shoulder just to just to like see through the scope. And I was like, what in the world is going on? And uh, and so come to find out that they were they literally just used their ballistic computer uh, or their ballistic calculator and um, just got like a general range and then just kind of like dialed that into their scope and they sh- just shot until they hit it. And it was essentially oh, just luck. And so I'm like, okay, so you guys really weren't skilled and, and they haven't done it since. Um, and so I've, one day I'll get around to like actually like teaching them. Um, but that, that day is not this day. Uh,
1: not today. Not today.
0: <laughs> yeah, not today. Uh, but anyway, so again, like kind of stripping that stigma of like, Hey, like, especially like if they could do it, you can do it. Um, it's, it's really not that difficult. Um,
2: yeah. Hey everybody, this is six and seven with the hard time strongman podcast. And we are coming to talk to you about our Patreon and discord. Hey guys, our patrons get early access to all of our
1: episodes. They get all of our exclusive pre and post shows, all of our spicy takes, all of our rabbit holes that we go on everything that we want to include in the episode, but we can't because we need to stay on topic. And soon enough, we will be offering digital downloads, guides, everything that we've been working on in the background will soon be available to our patrons. So make sure
2: to check it out. And come hang out with us on Discord. Speaking of the spicy stuff, this is where we discuss most of it. Once you're there, you'll get access to all of our in-depth Discussions, including stuff like homesteading, fieldcraft, medical, camping, communications, shooting. You like ARs? Come talk to us about it. You like 4 by 4 vehicles and prepping? Come talk to us about it. You like Tannerite, Thermite, Napalm? Come talk to us about it. All of the campfire talks that would
1: get us kicked off of other platforms, it's right there in our Discord. Come join our
2: community. We're active on Discord every day. We're interacting with members constantly. We have... Guys from every walks of life coming to contribute their expertise to all of these various fields and subjects that we've been talking about. Come
1: join the watch Discord. Come join the Discord. Join our community. Build up that better class of man. Now back to the episode. Well, just like anything that we that we try to teach on the podcast, anything that we try to, you know, give to people on the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. any way that we can increase the standard, you know, if you you know, increase the standard across the board, that's just better for, you know, for everyone. Like you said, for your son, for my sons, you know, if we increase the standard now, then think how much greater, you know, we're going to be just, you know, as a, as a society, as a, as a people, you know, as time goes, if we are constantly striving for more, we're striving, you know, for constantly doing more, pushing that envelope, then, you know, that's where we need to be getting to. And it's really yeah. great to you have someone who's pushing the, uh, you know, the bulk guns precision rifle right. shooting mm-hmm. because, you know, like a, I think it was a Japanese journal once said, you know, there's a rifle behind every blade of grass, you know, exactly. in, the, in the States. And we talked about this with uh, with Josh from, uh, Future conflicts. from Future Conflicts and, mm-hmm. you know, old Bo with his three hundred eight, you know, you can count him as a sniper if he yeah. knows his stuff. You know, he's been hunting... You know, dear his whole life, you know, since he could, you know, hold his rifle, you know, that guy knows what he's doing. He can be a huge asset to, you know, to an irregular force. So, yeah, you know, you increase the standard and you're only increasing your capability at that point. Hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And even, you know, thinking back to like military or like, you know, our military in Afghanistan and stuff like that, like just because there's some, uh, some uh, goer herger up in the rocks with his uh, SKS or whatever, and he was like taking pot shots at, at u.s. troops they weren't like oh there's a medium uh like a, a semi decent shot guy up in the rocks wherever they're like oh my god it's a sniper like everybody run right, right? <laughs> and it was like you know even if, like shots were just all over the place it mm-hmm. was it was a huge mul- uh, force multiplier of you know they, they didn't have to hit anything mm-hmm. to to inspire a whole lot of fear and bring things to a screeching halt. Yeah. Um, you know, or, you know, at least, well, at least until you think the, the troubles. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, all they had to do was throw up that sign sniper, you know, sniper at work. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're not bringing your patrol through there. Yeah. Nope. Like, okay. <laughs> not yeah. worth it. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, so even like, you know, talking about that regular force, I mean, you, you get a, a decent shot um with you know a little bit of knowledge like uh, this one here and uh, fry the brain um yeah and then give them a a, a decent rifle that's capable of shooting you know seven eight hundred yards preferably a whole lot further um and start cracking some rounds over people's heads and guess what they're they're gonna go to ground they're gonna go to cover and you've you know Hopefully you have other forces in the area uh, to capitalize on that. Uh, so it's not just you waiting for the J the JDAM to land on your face. Um, but, yeah, and, you know, it, it's an extremely
2: effective tool. It really is. And like you said, they don't even have to hit the target. Like our troops ran in the same issue in Vietnam. Like they'd have old Farmer mm-hmm. John out there with, you know, some crappy Chinese made SKS just cracking off random rounds from behind a hay barrel not hitting anything, not even hitting the hill itself, and people were still running for yep. cover, so it's it's very much a good tool for uh, psychological warfare because, mm-hmm. man, like you guys were hitting on, like, if there's a sniper in the area, or even a perceived sniper, like, it's it's enough to where they're going to have to allocate a lot of resources to take out that sniper, or at least locate that sniper. And even then, you're still not going to go mm-hmm. into that area. Yep. Yeah. No, I just did a uh, just did a, a
0: training event uh, with a good friend of mine. Uh, here's a here's a plug for uh, Tim over at um, the Gorilla Mentor. He's out here in Arizona as well. Shout out to uh, Tim! Puts on some fantastic. Yeah, a, a super awesome dude. Um, classes are extremely uh, affordable and. The really top-notch stuff he does a really really good job uh, but I've, I've taken a lot of classes with him um and uh, i was i went out as uh op 4 uh, myself and a a real army sniper um went out to play enemy snipers in a valley um and his recon team is supposed to move into the valley you know unseen if they were seen then we had authorization to shoot them with the blank um and, you know, then they had to deal with that. Um, But they had to move into the valley, you know, and find us, uh, observe us, and then get out again without being seen and then, uh, you know, essentially report up to what we would consider higher command even though it would be um, an entirely civilian force. Um, And it's a just fantastic course and whatnot. And so, like, some very basic things, like I built a ghillie suit off of Amazon And it wasn't even good. Um, Like, I'll just break up the outline a little bit. Picked a pretty, like, medium hide site. I didn't even hide my barrel. I left my barrel sticking out. Um, Because, again, my job was to be observed, right? Uh, I wanted them to find me. And I couldn't find them. Neither could the other guy. And they couldn't find us. Like, we were, all of us were way too camouflaged. And, um, I even, there's a, next to my little hide site, there was a little walking path, uh, going up this little hillside and stuff. And so I started taking trash and I was like throwing trash, like my snack wrappers and stuff out of my hide onto the walking path. And they saw the trash and they're like, Oh, like, could that be it? And, uh, they're like, Oh no, he's not dumb enough. He wouldn't do that. so they like completely looked elsewhere and so like they like had me in their binos didn't even see me and again like i was not doing anything special i was not doing anything anything crazy it was extremely easy to um, to hide um like a little you can get them on amazon like a um i can't remember who made it but it's like a uh, an airsoft quality um oh yeah geely hood um just vegged in a little bit you know it's got some um What's it called? Uh, not it's That's not real jute. Yeah, it's not real jute. It's like a, it's more cloth than than jute is. Um, but you know, I threw that on and uh, covered up my face. Just had some some camis on. Vegged in a little bit. Vegged my rifle a little bit. My tripod. But again, left my barrel sticking straight out like it was it wasn't vegged in at all, and it was facing where they were at couldn't find me we even tried shooting a couple of times to kind of help wow audio locate and couldn't find us And, and granted we couldn't find them either i was looking right in the same spot they were um couldn't find them right so it's uh it's extremely effective so i mean if you were if you were trying to do something like that um again if you apply some of the uh the basic knowledge of, uh, you know, these guys over here from my uh, fight the brain. Yeah. Um, you can be extremely effective.
1: I think my three favorite, just plug and play products for concealment would be, you know, just a normal, uh, like camo paint uh, mm-hmm. compact that you can yep. get, you know, pretty much anywhere. Uh, the viper hoods, like you said, those things, uh, you know, we're seeing more of those crop up, which is really great. That's a super easy way to just bring yep. up the head. um, and then I don't remember who makes the product, but it is, uh, it's essentially scrim attached to some like shot cord or 550 cord, whatever mm-hmm. length, but then you can actually wrap it around your, uh, rifle. Yep. And it's actually a really effective way to just break up the silhouette and just the signature of a rifle. I don't remember yep. who may I found it on Instagram. I wish I knew what their plug was so I could shout them out, but just super, you know, uh, super great application, super great ingenuity people are coming up with. Mm-hmm. And just something that you could throw on, you know, two, three minutes. Yeah. So, pretty cool stuff.
0: Yeah. I found, because uh, I bought one of those. I know what you're talking about. Um, it's like kind of like, it looks like a foxtail essentially, like a really long foxtail yeah. that you like wrap around stuff. Um, and I didn't like it that much. I ended up like, it was too long and I didn't want to cut it. So, I didn't end up using it. But I just bought some. Uh, don't don't spend too little. Spend a, a, a little bit of money. Uh, but again, on Amazon you can get cami netting. Um, like if you go for like a rubberized a rubberized, um, a rubberized um, what's it called a canvas. Don't don't get like a plastic because uh, they they doesn't look right. They make a whole bunch of noise. But you get like a rubberized canvas uh, cami net. Cut that up. Drape it over your rifle. Um, you know, leave a little spot for your objective lens to peek out of, uh, and mm-hmm. man, Bob's your uncle. You're you're set. Um, yeah, it's extremely easy to hide.
1: Well, and people just being not being afraid to paint their kit. Oh, that's true. Rail can your rifle, rail can your ruck. I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it it just helps so much. Just yeah. from a you know jet black. <laughs> rifle to something that's actually you know passable it's yep you know minimal effort 20 bucks at walmart you're you're off the you know you're on the way Yep,
0: yeah it's fun too i mean i like i was just talking to a guy at a gun show about this um he was i can't remember how it came about but essentially he like he wanted advice to like on how to rattle can his rifle i'm like okay step one don't care like it's not gonna mm-hmm. come out the way you think it's gonna come out. It's still gonna look good. Worst case, mm-hmm. you gotta do it again because the colors aren't weren't quite right, right? Just tape up the important stuff, you know. adjunctive lenses, um, you know, like close your dust cover, or you know, your cover up your bolt or something like that, so you're not getting uh, grime down in there. Um, man, just, just go go crazy with it. Right. Have fun. Yeah. Uh, again, <laughs> if you don't like it. Uh, just start over. Yep, it, yeah, color. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think mean, my I,
1: favorite. Oh, go for it.
0: Oh, I was gonna say uh, uh, one thing I found is um, do a darker color first, and then a lighter color, light, lighter color over that uh, tends to you know it'll even though it's the same colors, you'll completely change the look of the rifle um, versus right. doing like the light and then dark over it. It's it's kind of weird, but dark first, light second. Um, and so yeah, many, of might be saying,
1: that makes sense. but it, but I people don't I know. Wanna. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you know, it is very freeing, mm-hmm. you know, the first time that you paint your rifle, because oh, yeah. I feel like it just helps people get over that mental block of, you know, this isn't my baby. This is a tool. Exactly. You know, when you actually paint, get over that black coating and it's like, Oh yeah, this is for work. That's right. I think my favorite video mm-hmm. on painting a rifle was, uh, was from Grantham, Granddaddy, where he took a freaking yeah. scar. Yeah, he's just like, it all right, let's ground. paint this round and he just threw it on the ground. I was like, what the hell did you just do? Yeah, oh, the yeah, Elf just can. oh, <laughs> yeah, just wham through. I was like, oh, and they painted. it. I was like, oh, that's bad. if I'm reacting like that, but yeah, he just threw it on the ground. I was like, you monster. <laughs> yep.
0: So what a what a Chad move.
1: But I mean, and it helped get me over that block. It's like, hey, dude, yep. if he's just throwing his scar around, like I can, I can paint my rifle. It'll be okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. And actually, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, please, please.
0: Oh, I was just saying, I've I've sold a gun because it was rattle canned. It was my old trainer gun. It was beat absolute crap. It had all the uh, had all the attachments on it. I didn't think it was gonna sell. I just threw a price tag on it at a gun show. And it was like way more I was expecting to you know like have to like kind of haggle on it, and then mm-hmm. um, somebody came in and like man that's so cool and they just like stuffed money in my face and I was like okay <laughs> he's uh, like hell yeah brother yeah and I was like I was like all right I guess I have to go build myself a new trainer gun so yeah I bet yeah it yeah. worked out it worked out well for me I mean they they still got a for perfectly functional rifle um, but I mean I had yeah. I had this thing for like eight years and. It had seen many, many cans of, uh, uh, you know, like steel case wolf and stuff like that. Goodness. uh, It was just, it was was thoroughly abused. Uh, Still worked, though. Still worked really, really well. So, that's not a standard business practice. Just to be clear.
1: (laughs) Uh, So... So we talked about your company. We talked about you. We talked about your program. Any any closing thoughts? Where you, I last thing I put in our show notes was where do you want to see the industry. Where do you want to see the community be in the next five years with what you're doing with with you know what the other uh, influencers, what other companies are doing. Where do you want to see us go with this? Knowing that this is a uh, you know a hair, knowing that this is a uh, you know, a legacy type, you know, deal, what we make, you know, what we make, what we break, you know, this is going to be inherited by our, our sons and our daughters. And, you know, no matter where the country is, you know, our communities, our families, our neighbors is what they're going to have. So where do you want to see us go?
2: How can we help with that? Like, how can the community as a whole help achieve that kind of thing?
0: So how can it i think that it starts with the individual um it starts with a a mentality change of i, I coined the phrase in the last podcast I was on I didn't even know that I coined it um you know become the dangerous western man uh that doesn't necessarily mean western as in uh you know like the uh you know the western half of the United States. Um, obviously, there's lots of dangerous men on the uh, the east side of the country as well. Um, but the mentality of, you know, men coming across, uh, and families as well, not just men, but men coming across the, the, the western frontiers on horseback, rifle in hand, it was a tool. It was a life, you know, it was a link to life, right? Um, yeah. You didn't, you know, if you lost your rifle, you were as good as dead. Like, you couldn't hunt, you couldn't defend yourself. um I would like to see that come back. Um, this, uh, you know, this, this mentality of like, you know, I am armed. I'm not taking crap from anybody, right? Um, that frontiersman attitude of, you know, it's just you and me out here, partner. Like, you know, no one's coming to save you. No one's coming to save me. Uh, yeah. It, it's a completely different um, lifestyle than like, oh, no, my neighbors are being noisy. Like, better call the cops. <laughs> right. And I'm not saying show up to your neighbor's house with a rifle. That's not what I'm saying whatsoever. Um, but have that mentality of, you know, no one's coming to save you anymore. Like that, that is mm-hmm. over. That's self-reliance. Um,
1: COVID should have should have proven
0: that to you. If you haven't figured that out yet, then uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, <laughs> but no one's coming to save yep. you. Um, yeah, you
1: know, right. well, that self reliance, and you know, like you said, you know, the you know, your rifle being a tool, your rifle being an extension of yourself again, <laughs> you know, uh, gosh, was the well, you know, it's better than than I would, but the Marine, uh, the rifleman's creed. So, oh, geez, you know, don't that was super without reluctant. my rifle, I am nothing without me, that. my rifle is nothing, just the uh, exactly, like, there are many, many like it, it, but this one, yeah, is mine. but um, but just that that bond that, um, <laughs> mm-hmm you know, that just intimacy of it again. Yep. You know, where it's not really even a conscious thought to be able to, you know, push that rifle where you need it to go and mm-hmm. to take care of it and everything. It's just it's an implied task. It's an action. Yep. You know? Yeah. Well I literally just
0: had this conversation with my son, uh, like twenty minutes before we started, right? He, he's getting ready to go off to T ball practice. Um, you know, my wife's taking him you know, we got our, our daughters going with him and stuff like that. And I'm helping him tie his cleats and whatnot. And and so my wife comes in, she grabs her, her pistol and whatnot, and she's loading up to go out. Then he's like, oh, mom, why do you have your gun? And then I was like, why do you think she has it? And he goes, oh, um, to protect us. And I go, yeah. So why would you say that? And he goes, oh, I was just being silly. And I'm like, okay, I know that. But, you know, like, let's think about the things that you're saying, right? Um, yeah like a, he he needs to know that like there there's a reason for these things um yeah and she she's not carrying it to like as a fashion statement um you know she's she's a pretty good shot uh she knows how to use that thing um and she is quite the mama bear good. she will use it um so you know it's, again, awesome. it's it's that mind that uh mentality shift
1: um yeah in our we have two young boys and <laughs> in our house we we call our firearms you know our handguns our protection mm-hmm. right because you, know, you don't know what your one-year-old what your four-year-old's gonna you know starts spouting off to the stranger's about <laughs> but it also you know starts early that you know this is a tool that mommy and daddy use to protect you to protect yep. each other you know mm-hmm. and it builds that you know that mental connection and that respect for it <laughs> so yeah yeah
0: that's uh it's something you got to start young with, um, and to to go back to about where you're asking about the 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 community, you know, uh, five years from now. Like I, I want again, like I said earlier, I want to see the the bolt the the accurized rifle. We'll say this. I want to see the accurized rifle as um, as prolific as that you know plain Jane AR that's in everybody's closet because there's tons of people that have them. Right. I think that's great. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have ARs. However, but if they have a more accurate rifle, um, you know, think about okay, if we have if we have the general public that's armed with ARs, right? What what is the the effective range of that populace? Your general obviously we're gonna have more experienced people mixed into the group than not. It's probably not very far, right? Maybe maybe 200 yards, um, and that's like area target, right? Yeah. Um, where they might be able to suppress somebody at 200 yards, um, you know. So let's let's swap that rifle out. Let's get people more educated. Let's get them more trained up. Um, let's bump that to say 600 yards, right? That is a huge advantage, yeah. right? Um, as a, as a significantly more dangerous populace. Um, that's man. That's what I want to see. That like that that makes me excited. Um, there's a one of my public ranges that I use it's, it's technically it's on state trust land where we're not supposed to be uh, target shooting but we go out there and do it anyways um, we have a, an established range on a hillside there and you know we're respectful we don't trash the desert we pick things up uh, there's a, a couple of guys including myself that are uh, actually uh, kind of you know uh, what's that name of it? Uh, stewards, stewards of the land, right? Um, take the time mm-hmm. and the responsibility. Take it upon yourself. It's not your mess. Doesn't matter. Go pick it up. You know, it's your area right. too. Um, so, you know, we go out there and and shoot and stuff like that, and and we've had. Um, it's it's now third hand knowledge from me, but the. Uh, one of the other guys was talking to the sheriff, or one of the deputies, not the sheriff, and um, it happened to mention the area or whatnot. And the deputies said, "Like, yeah, you know, we don't, we don't go out there. Um, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna respond out there at all for anything." And the guy's like, "Oh, well, you know, like, why not?" And he's like, "Well, because you guys can shoot further than us, right? Like, we see what you guys are doing, and we can't do that."
1: And That's so like, based. I
0: love it. <laughs> and like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so like it works, right? Um, and even like your,
1: you're like, yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, even you know, just your average like Joe schmo, you know, they're like, oh man, don't go, don't go out there, guys. Like, there's there's guys, there's snipers out in the hills, right? They can shoot you know thousands of yards, and we're like, no, the, the furthest target's like seven hundred yards. Like it's you know, it's not that far. Um, but then people, you know, it, that's like God mode to some people. Um,
1: yeah. And then you're like, no, it was 15.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was even further.
1: Oh, Oh, I love it. That's awesome.
0: I had had to count for the Coriolis effect. That's how far it was.
1: Goodness. (laughs) What's the Coriolis effect? Exactly.
0: (laughs) You have to Google it. You uneducated swine.
2: Oh, God. (laughs)
1: Anyways. I love it.
2: Man. Well, I'll tell you what. Oh. Chris, thanks for joining us today. You know, Chris from Grand Rapids, absolutely, Earth and absolutely. the Long Range Ambassador Program. It's been a pleasure having you on, man. Yeah. So, real quick,
0: mm-hmm. real quick, I, I kind of I branched off of this and I didn't get to fully explain um, okay, the, go the, for the it. ambassador program, right? Um, so, the the way it works, there's the Instagram page on uh, obviously Instagram, right? Uh, long underscore range underscore ambassadors. Go on there. There's going to be featured under, it should be under the stories. It might be a little bit different as it continues to get set up, uh, but you might be able to go through the post. Hopefully you can go to the the story uh, highlights and you can find your state. Go to your state and there should be an ambassador for that state. Uh, Obviously we're just starting out. Obviously we got Arizona. Uh, I got one in Kentucky um, I'm working on one in Louisiana one in Montana or Wyoming he's right on the border uh, so you might be able to do both um, and then one in oh geez there's another anyways another state right there so obviously we don't have all 50 right but we're working on it um, the the ambassadors have to meet uh, specific qualifications. One of them being that they have to be uh, a resident to the area for at least two and a half years. Or no, two and a half or three years. And these aren't set in stone, right? Um, but these are just general guidelines. They have to be actively shooting long range for at least two of those years. Uh, there's more. It's I, I could pull up the document, but I'm not going to do that right now. Um, long story short, if you think you qualify, which you you very well might, um, it's not like these are like super, super hard things to qualify for. Um, if you're passionate about the sport, you actually want to help people. You have the time to do so. Uh, it's completely voluntary. Uh, go on the page, DM me, right? We'll talk, We'll set up a phone call, and we'll chit chat for a bit, um, and we'll go over the qualifications. And, uh, you know, if it's something that we both want to do, That'll bring you on as a uh, as an ambassador for your state. Uh, we can have multiple ambassadors for each state because obviously one you know one state is a very big place. Um, so we can break up into regions after that. Like if there's already one person for your you know if five people you know call me after this and say hey I want to be an ambassador for Phoenix sorry you know already got one um, I'll put you on the list if they you know decide they don't want to do it anymore I'll give you a call right. Um, but hopefully we can get maybe two or three per state for like a northern region, a eastern, southern, you know, whatever it is, um, kind of divided up by, by a region like that. Um, so if you're awesome. looking to get into the sport, you can go on there, find your state, contact your um, your ambassador, and then they can help you find places to shoot. They can help you uh, possibly put together a rifle, maybe answer some dumb questions you might have. And um hopefully help you build ranges right build and develop ranges on public land um the ambassadors also i have a um a promo code from shootsteel.com that's just for the ambassadors uh so that they can purchase um purchase steel targets at near cost and uh, we can help develop these these cool. uh ranges you know at a much more efficient rate um if you find still targets out in the hills, please don't take it. Leave it there. Just shoot it, paint it up, and then go home. Right? <laughs> you know, let's keep going, growing the community.
1: Right. Yeah. Awesome. Where else can people find you besides the uh, ambassador? <laughs> Drop program? your socials. Okay. So, that,
0: yeah. So that's the. Uh, um, what, my wait my social security number? No, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you want to. You want my credit card and the three numbers <laughs> on the back? No. <laughs> Um, now so obviously we got the long range ambassadors uh, Instagram but then my company Instagram excuse me is uh, uh, granite underscore rifle granite underscore group underscore LLC Uh, typically if you just get granite rifle into the search bar you'll see me pop up there Um, again reach out um, reach out if you got questions I'll happily answer any question that I can Um, I might defer to somebody else if I don't know um, typically I can answer most questions I have gotten stumped a couple of times um, then yeah that's all I'm going to, to talk about you don't need to know my personal ones they're uh, they're too spicy for typical Instagrams so I'm amazed that they're still on there So,
1: <laughs> no sweat man well Chris thanks again for coming on we really appreciate you and what you're doing and you, hopefully Absolutely. we can build out this community and, and get things rolling
0: absolutely thank you so much for having me this is again you guys put out a freaking fantastic uh podcast and uh um, i'm excited to to do this and and hear about it and you know again grow the community awesome
1: yep awesome well we love what you're doing as always guys this is the hard time strongman podcast cheering up a very class of man stay in the fight